So we started a series, our Easter series, three weeks ago, titled Three. And so each week we have been uh, learning and growing together, looking and dissecting uh, the Word of God. And so we've been looking at three days, three moments from each one of those days. And based on those three moments that we've read and learned about, it, it doesn't just force us, but it, it, it allows us to see, I have to make three decisions based on what God says and what God has done for us. And so three weeks ago, we started this, this series and we, we looked at Palm Sunday, right? Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. As they praised Jesus, the King of Kings, coming in at the beginning of the week of Passover, right? We said that on Palm Sunday, Jesus declared his identity. When he came in on the donkey, the cult of a donkey on the palm branches, he declared that I am the Messiah that you've been praying for, that you've been believing for. I is he. I am him. I am that I am, right? And they celebrated him, so he declared his identity. He demonstrated his authority when he cleansed the temple and kicked everybody out of the temple and began to heal the sick and to teach the word of God. And then he also proved his love as he weeped over the city, right? We only cry about the things that we care about, right? We only cry about the things that we love. And Jesus, God proved through his son Jesus, his compassion and his love for you and for me. Amen. So that's how we started this thing. And then last week, we looked at the crucifixion, right? The events that took place on Good Friday, the betrayal of Jesus, the heartache of Jesus, the pain of Jesus, and the love of God through that sacrifice that Jesus did for you and for me. We said he did three things, three moments that we said, using scripture, Jesus submitted his will to the Father, not my will, God, but your will, right? He prayed in the garden according to Luke 22, chapter 22. He prayed so hard. He fought so hard for you and for me that he literally prayed. His sweat become like drops of blood. That's a Savior I can trust in. That's a Savior I can believe in because he prayed, not, not my will, God, but your will. All, every one of us would have given up. You better thank God that God sent Jesus Christ and not Ian Westbrook to save you. Amen? God did that for us. He submitted his will. The next thing we said he did is he accepted his cup of suffering. And he had a lot of suffering, even leading up to the ultimate suffering of the crucifixion because he, he experienced the heartache, the betrayal of a disciple that he, he raised up and, and taught. A Judas was, was one of his disciples that betrayed him for 20 pieces of silver. 30 pieces of silver, excuse me. We've all betrayed Jesus for less. Don't judge Judas. You've betrayed Jesus for pornography. You've betrayed Jesus for your sin. 30 pieces of silver is actually worth a lot of money. We've all betrayed him for less. Jesus experienced that heartache. He experienced the pain. Oh, he said, God, forgive them for they know not what they do. He even had a pure heart as the, the people that hated him crucified him. He still loved them. We can learn from this man. In Jesus' name, we need to learn from this man, this carpenter from Nazareth called Jesus Christ. All right, and the last thing we said last week is that he ultimately, I'm getting a little ahead of myself, I've already said this, but he died for the sins of the world. He died for every bad thing that you've done, every bad thought that you've had, every bad thing that you're going to do. And aren't you thankful he doesn't judge you? 
based on those bad things that we've done, that we've thought, and that if the things Ian hasn't even done yet. And I'm only bought, purchased, ransomed by my faith in that fact that Jesus loved me so much that he paid it all. Somebody say all. All for me. And I'm thankful this morning. Come on, somebody. I'm so thankful I went and bought me a new coat for Easter. Did y'all see these shoes, these kicks? Uh, y'all who know me, y'all know I really love shoes. Every time I go into a store, I tell Pastor Jessica, say, Sugar Boo, don't let me walk out of the store with a new pair of shoes. Hey, Amen. I bought these Nikes before the whole Nike fiasco that happened this last week, I guess. So forgive me if, if you're already offended with me because of my shoes. You got bigger issues, but Jesus still loves you. Amen. But you know that I love shoes, and I call my shoes my devil stomping shoes. Come on, somebody. And we're fixing to stomp the devil this morning. When I talk to the devil and I stomp his head, I curb stomp the devil, I remind him who he is, and I ain't nice about it. You know why? Because he hates me. He hates my family. He hates my ministry. He hates my church. He hates every good thing that Jesus has ever done in my life. And I hate that about him. Amen. And so when I stomp the devil, I tell him about it. I tell him who he is. Amen. So let's get started. Look at that first scripture this morning. And I just want to, as we kick up uh, the rest of this message, and we're going to wrap it up today. We're going to wrap up three today. Uh, I want to read this scripture. It comes from Paul, and it's a reminder, and it's, it's totally relevant to you and to me this morning on Easter Sunday. Because without Easter Sunday... So much that we teach and preach just don't jive. It won't work. Uh, and so Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15, 13 through 14, it says, For if there is no resurrection, if you're paying attention this morning, say resurrection, resurrection. of the dead, then Christ has not been raised either. In verse 14, and if Christ has not been raised, then all our preaching is useless and your faith is useless. <sighs> what a scripture! That's Paul, the apostle, St. Paul, who wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. He says, it's so vital that if Jesus didn't conquer death, then everything I'm teaching and preaching is useless. And so Easter Sunday, I hope you're excited to be here. I hope you're excited what your God has done for you. Because without Easter, our relationship with God is just like any other religion on the face of the planet. It's what separates us from everybody else. And I know you're all smart. We don't have religion, right? We have relationship. But Jesus Christ is what separates us from the rest. Amen. It's the pinnacle of our faith. And I'm so thankful that because God says his son lives, Ian gets to live. And our God is greater. Somebody say greater. He's greater than your test. He's greater than your trials. He's greater than the season that you find yourself in. Anybody in a tough season right now? Y'all, the Westbrooks experienced a very tough season this last week, but I'm still thankful. God is still on the case. Jesus Christ is still on the case. Amen? Amen. Let's look at that first moment I want to give you out of Scripture today. Everybody, if you got your sword, go ahead and open it to Luke 22, 1 through 8. I hope you brought your sword to your spiritual warfare fight in church. If it's on your phone, that's okay. If it's your actual Bible, that's okay. Amen. I'll give you a few seconds. Luke 24. Verse 1 through 8, it's also provided on our screens there. Easter morning, right? Just imagine, as I read this, just imagine being there. It says, now on the first day of the week, y'all know what the first day of the week is, right? Sunday, not Monday. 
First day of the week is Sunday. Very early in the morning, it says, they had a certain other women were with them, excuse me, come to the tomb bringing the spices which they prepared. But they found the stone rolled away. Come on, Jesus. From the tomb, they then went in and did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. And as it happened, as they were greatly perplexed about this, that behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. Then as they were afraid, they bowed their faces to the earth. They said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here. He is risen. Somebody say risen. Remember how he spoke to you when he was still in Galilee, saying the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men to be crucified, and on the third day rise again. And they remembered his word. One of my favorite lines from the Bible, one of my favorite verses from the word of God comes out of this passage, and it says, Why do you seek the living among the dead? Why do you seek the living among the dead? You know our God's alive. He doesn't hang out where dead people hang out. He loves dead people. He loves, he loves dead things. He can resurrect those things. And so he says, he is alive. Your Savior, your teacher, your, 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 your rabbi, your rabboni, who's Jesus Christ, is not here because he has ascended. He is alive and well. Amen. One of my favorite verses in the Bible. And as I was reading this this week, the Lord just kind of twisted my thinking a little bit. You know, isn't it so cool? Uh, Jesus is so cool. But I love the Word of God, how God can, can show us different things. And as I was reading this, you know, the people that Jesus loved the most, his disciples, his followers that are here on this Sunday morning, you know, they were surprised that Jesus was alive. Even they were surprised they should have known, right? So I had that thought, and then I just, it hit me. If his disciples were that surprised, just imagine how surprised the devil was. Surprise, devil! You lose! It's over! We win! You thought it was checkmate? Surprise, devil! Surprise, he's alive, devil! Surprise, a lot of that kind of rhymes. I'm rhyming this morning, sugar boo. Surprise, he's alive. Have you ever done something in life and you're on the verge? You think you have it, right? You're about to win, right? You think, I got this. I got this. And then you end up losing. Anybody been there, done that, rode that ride, got the free ticket, got the T-shirt, shoes, everything? That's the devil this morning. He thought he had it. He thought he won, and then guess what? Come on, Jesus. Devil stomped in the curb on his face. Jesus wins. The church wins. You and I win. LCHP wins. LCA, our A-Rep campus wins. Your family wins. Your job wins. Your faith wins. Surprise, devil. He's alive. Tell your neighbors that he's alive. He's alive and well this morning. Let's look at that first point. I want to give you. So on Resurrection Day, the day that we're celebrating today, Jesus conquered death and hell. He became the first fruits of the resurrection, guaranteeing us eternal life and a resurrected, glorified body. When Jesus rose again, he forever stomped the devil in death. 
in victory. He forever declares that death, where is your sting? Death, here are your consequences. Because y'all know death is not from God. Death is from the repercussions of sin that was birthed through temptation in the garden with Adam and Eve. Before that, that God did not intend his creation, his sons and daughters, to die. But it was on our own choices, our own temptation. And so Jesus Christ redeemed that for you and for me. He was the first fruit, the first fruits of the new resurrection of the new covenant of God, bought and purchased by the blood of Jesus, the blood of the Lamb of God for you and for me. When Jesus rose again, when he ascended, he forever stomped death and devil and sin and Satan and self into the ground. Victory in Jesus' name. Amen. On Easter, the empty tomb, it declares that Jesus is Messiah. It declares that Jesus is and was truth. It declares that Jesus is and was love, and that he is and was hope, and that he is and was power. Do those sound like good things to you this morning? Those are everything that you and I need, not just to live happy lives. You know, happiness is fleeting. It comes and goes, but not just happy lives, joy-filled lives. The joy that you seek to find and possess in your heart, you can only get through the Son of God. Amen. And Jesus, on that first Sunday morning, declared that through the empty tomb. Yes, I am truth. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. He forever declares that until he comes back. And I don't want to get ahead of myself. We're going to talk about him coming back this morning. It's important that you and God are good through Jesus. Because he is coming back. But so everything that we ever need in our lives, he's Messiah. I need a savior. Ian misses it. Ian sins. He misses the mark. I know I look good, but I ain't perfect. Amen. I need a Messiah. I need truth in my life. Even when it hurts. That's what's wrong with our world these days. If it hurts, it can't be real. It can't be true. I'm just going to do what I want and live in this fantasy world. And to continue in lies, deceit, and deception. Right? We all need truth. We all need love. That's what's wrong with our world today, too. Everybody living in hate, rooted in judgment, rooted in offense. Hate can't change the world. They're sure trying. And you know why there's so much success of those folks doing things in hate? Because they're more motivated in their hate than the church is motivated in the love of God. We'll just sit back and say, man, they're just all... If we was motivated enough as they are to do the things they do in hate as we would do in the love of God, we could change this place. We need to change this place. Y'all, I got a little baby boy about to turn nine months. I need to change this place for him. Amen. I need to change this place for him. We all need hope, y'all, and we all need power. Come on, somebody. You can have the power in your life to have freedom. Real freedom. You don't have to live in this fantasy world of trying to meet expectations of real people, even fake people, fake people on, on social media. I'm trying to make my life look and seem a certain way just to gratify people. What would happen if we lived to gratify the king of kings? That's the only thing that matters. And by our faith, he guarantees us these things. On Easter Sunday, he guarantees us these things from now until the end, 
Whatever God says that is. Amen. Let's look at Revelations 1, 17 through 18. Y'all know who wrote Revelations? John, right? The disciple that Jesus loved the most. Right in the beginning of Revelations, he writes this. He says, And when I saw him, I fell at his feet uh, as dead. And he laid his right hand upon me, saying, Fear not, I am the first and the last. If you're following along, someone needs to underline that fear not in your Bible. This morning. Fear not. God's got this. He says, fear not, I'm the first and the last. The Alpha and, uh, and the Omega. Alpha is the first letter in the Greek alphabet. The Omega is the last letter, like Z in the Greek alphabet. He says, I'm the first and the last. I am he that liveth and was dead, and behold, I am alive. Somebody say alive. And forevermore, amen, I have the keys of hell and of death. Hear this. This is for free. Jesus is, period. Jesus is. He's in everything. He can be everywhere. He has authority over everything. Every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that he is. He's enough. He's the first. He's the last. And it says in Revelations that we just read that he has the keys to the gates of hell. Actually, after he was crucified, he actually went three days and preached in hell. Did you know that? Jesus said, just as Jonah was three days in the belly of the whale, so will the Son of Man be in the belly of the earth. And he preached because guess what? You know how good God is? There was, so if God created a new covenant, right? What happened to all those people that died without having a chance except Jesus? They were in a holding place. Jesus had to go preach to them and tell them what God did. They had a chance to accept that or deny that, right? And so God did that. So he, he got the keys from hell. But here's the thing. Jesus don't just have the keys. He is the key. He is. He's everything. He created the key. Come on, somebody. So whatever your problem is, he can create the solution. He's bigger than your problem. You need to focus on the promise, not the problem. When you focus on the promise, it gets bigger. The problem gets smaller. But hell is a real place. And each and every one of us will die one day. And if Jesus Christ is not applied to your life, you'll be rightly judged. He is compassion. He is love. He is merciful. But it also says that he rules with a rod and staff of righteousness. And if you had a chance to accept or deny him and you denied him, guess what? That's going to be a bad day forever and ever and ever for a lot of souls. And if that's you this morning, you don't feel content enough in knowing that you're going to go to heaven or hell, I want to change that for you this morning. There'll be a moment, I promise you, before we close, where you can accept him. Amen. He is the key. Whatever you need, let's bow at the name of Jesus. Amen. Let's look at 1 Corinthians 15, 20 through 22. It says, But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. He is the first fruit, there it is, of our great harvest of all that have died. So you see, just as death came into the world through man, right, through Adam, now the resurrection um, from the dead has begun through another man. Just as everyone dies because we all belong to Adam, we all die because of the sin that was passed down through Adam, right? Here's the cool thing. This is why Jesus had to come. Everyone who belongs, somebody say belongs, to Christ will be given new life. We'll be given eternal life. 
We all will die and perish in this body one day. But if you belong to Christ, you will inherit a new earthly body. Come on, somebody. You thought these, these uh, the devil's stomping kicks were cool. I'm about to get some really cool ones in heaven. Man, I'm going to be like moonwalking. I can't even moonwalk. It's going to be amazing. But no one's going to be looking at me or we'll care what I'm doing. We're all going to be worse than the king of kings. Right? Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Right? So do you belong to Christ? Your current life, your eternal life, and your new life in Christ here on earth are all depending on his resurrection power, are all depending on the salvation that comes through your relationship with God. Do you belong to Christ this morning? If you do, sky is the limit. There's no lid on your life. There's no limits on your life. What can't you do or accomplish for the glory of God? You know, I'll take God's favor over my life, over anything that the world has to offer. More than more money, more than fame. Man, I used to think I wanted to be famous growing up. I think every kid does. That would be terrible. Oh, I couldn't. I wouldn't be able to stand it. I would not be able to stand it. I want his favor more than everything. You can't have his favor if you don't belong to him. Do you call him father? Does he know you're, you're good just like he knows you're bad? God knows my bad. A lot of y'all know my bad. No judgment, right? So you can sit and judge to make yourself feel better if you want. But guess what? He ain't going to answer to you one day. I'm going to answer to him. And guess what? You're going to answer to him too. So I'm good with being good with him. Amen. That next point. So that was our first moment and the first thing that God declares through that scripture. Okay, our second moment that we're going to give to you comes a little bit farther down out of another gospel, out of John. Uh, verse 20. We're only giving you one verse in 17. Verse 20 and 17. So if y'all read the scriptures before this, you know, let's just read it. Let's read it. Got it right here. If you're in John chapter 20, go up to verse 13. We find Mary Magdalene. She's in distress, right? She's at the empty tomb looking for Jesus. She's sad and she's depressed. She's distressed. At verse 13 it says, They asked her, Woman, why are you crying? She says, They have taken my Lord away. They have taken my Lord away. That breaks my heart. She says, They have taken my Lord away, she said, and, and I don't know where they've put him. At this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realize that it was Jesus. <laughs> Jesus says, woman, he said, why are you crying? Who is it that you're looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him, and I will go get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned around and cried out in Aramaic, Rabbinoni, which means teacher, Rabbi, Jesus. And there's the verse we gave you, verse 17. He says, Do not hold on to me, for I have not yet returned to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am returning to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. He says, I am ascending to the Father 
to, your, to, your, to my God and to your God. So on resurrection day, Jesus ascends to the Father as the great high priest. The thing that the Lord was showing me through this scripture is that Jesus, he never quits working. He never quits working. Think of all the things that Jesus did. He gets baptized by John the Baptist. Comes out of the water. This is my son who I'm well pleased. Right? God gives him his, his authority. He goes into the desert for four days, four nights. Defeats the devil. Comes out, begins to find a group of people, 12 disciples that he can, can walk to, walk the, the nations to and preach the gospel, preach the word of God. He, he, he travels by foot. He travels by boat. He heals the sick. He heals the lame. He raises people from the dead. He ultimately goes to the cross to die for you and for me. He's raised from the dead. And that, oh, if we had all done that, we'd be like, God, where's my star? God, give me the star. I made it. I'm done. I'm finished. I'm done. And after that, after he's crucified, then he goes to hell for three days and preaches the gospel. And then he reappears to his disciples and he says, I got to go. I have not yet ascended to the Father. Isn't that amazing that our God is always working? For your good and for my good. He loves you that much. Now it says that he is forever seated at the right hand of God. Right? Forever interceding for you and for me. When you are too weak to pray for yourself, Jesus is working. Jesus is praying for you. He's saying, God, I know it doesn't look good right now, right? They're messed up. They're jacked up. They're doing it all wrong. Give them mercy. Remember all those seeds that were planted by his pastor or by his father or by his mother or his grandmother? They're going to take root. He ever intercedes for you and for me. Amen. Look at Hebrews 9, 11 through 12. It says, so Christ has now become the high priest over all good things that have come. He has entered the greater, more perfect tabernacle in heaven, which was not made by he um, human hands and is not part of this created world. With his own blood, not the blood of goats and calves, he entered to the most holy place once and for all, for all time, and secured, underline this, secured our redemption forever. For what Jesus has done, he has forever secured your freedom. He's forever secured your salvation. He's forever secured your transformation before he calls you home. Whether that's through the rapture, when he raptures the church, or when you just pass on one day, and, and then he brings you into his presence. He has forever done that based on what he has done for us that we're celebrating on this Easter Sunday. And in Hebrews 9, 11 through 12 there, it says, uh, with his own blood, not by the mere blood of goats and calves. Our eternity was purchased with the blood of God, the most precious blood that there is, the blood of the Lamb. Jesus' sacrifice was done in love. See, before Jesus, the Israelites, the Jews, they had to make sacrifices for their sin. But did you know that when they made those sacrifices, they were not forgiven of that sin? That sin was not rightfully atoned for. It was actually, it says in the word, that it was rolled over to the next year. It just covered their sins. And this is why God's uh, 
Sacrifice is the most amazing thing for you and for me because it was done in love. See, before the sacrifices were made because we had to. (laughs) Y'all didn't hear me. I said, those sacrifices were made because we had to. Don't you just hate having to do the things that you have to do? They were doing it out of religion. They were doing it because God said through Moses, but they were doing it. It was this this vicious cycle of, of religious activity. There was no forgiveness of sins. Now Jesus comes and he says, not only are your sins atoned for, now you're forgiven. Now you're free. You don't have to live by sin anymore. You can live by freedom and the truth of who I am. Jesus doesn't just cover us. He forgives us from now until eternity. If you want it, you can be forgiven if you want to be. Some of us have to just forgive ourselves. Some of us have done some messed up, jacked up stuff. And the biggest roadblock to your freedom is you may have to first forgive yourself. Know that God loves you. He doesn't even judge you. Man, God loved me in my sin, in my mess to get me to where I am now. And so you got to forgive yourself and, and, and accept by faith that forgiveness from him. Amen? That last point. The last thing they did um, this morning. On Resurrection Day, Jesus, he released the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit to fill us with the resurrection power. We saved the good part for last. We are literally raised to life and resurrected spiritually. And you can go ahead and put a slash, put physically if you want to. Spiritually and physically from the dead. From death to life. From sin to freedom. Right? From hell to heaven. Ian was going to hell fast. Now I'm going to heaven. Come on, somebody. Anybody else going to go to heaven one day? Are you glad you're not going to go to hell like you was? You're going to go to heaven with him. And the only way that we get to do that, we go from, from blindness, spiritual blindness, to spiritual sight, to spiritual vision, is by the revelation of who God is through his son. And Jesus on resurrection day did that by releasing and imparting the Holy Spirit to his disciples and to anyone else who would ever want the same spirit that moved Jesus to live and dwell inside of us. The same spirit that moved Jesus to do the signs, wonders, miracles, all the things that he did in love, we can also do. And Jesus even said that even greater things that we would do. Wrap your mind around that statement this morning. How do we do greater things than Jesus? I don't know. That's right. Your pastor just said, I don't know, but I believe it. I believe it. See, that's the problem with us. We think we always have to know, well, if this happened, it's because I did this. Or if this happened to so-and-so, it's because they did this. And we have to know how it all works out. I don't have to know. I just believe. Come on, somebody. I just believe that I can, and he's going to do it through me. It's nothing Ian does or that Ian can do. It's what Jesus Christ does through me, through the Holy Spirit that Jesus released, right? It's that same spirit that moved Jesus now lives inside of us. Y'all, and the Holy Spirit is holy. Somebody say holy. The Holy Spirit is holy. We just say that word holy and don't even think about it. 
Holy is set apart. Holy is good. Holy is all-powerful. Holy is nothing like anything here on earth. And that's why God wants his holiness to live and dwell inside of you. Where is the temple of God, church? Inside of you if you're a believer. Jesus said that the, I could resurrect this temple in three days. The disciples didn't know what he was talking about. He was talking about his body. And so when he released the Holy Spirit, it lives and dwells inside of you and you, you and me. Let's look at John 20, verse 19 to 22. This is the moment where Jesus released his spirit. So after he's, a, he just had his moment with Mary Magdalene. He ascends to the Father. I don't know what happens. Uh, him and the Father probably had a party. Uh, maybe like the, the father of the two, uh, the two sons that had an inheritance, right? One squandered it, and then the father celebrated even when he came back. If, if, if he celebrated that for a son that squandered his inheritance, just imagine how God the father celebrated when his son came home. Can you imagine God, the Father, and Jesus, and the Holy Spirit just having a, a, a party? Anyway, so after that, then he comes and he finally appears to his disciples. They're hiding out, right? Verse 19, it says, That Sunday evening, the disciples were meeting behind locked doors because they were afraid of what the Jewish leaders. Suddenly, Jesus was standing there among them. Peace be with you, he said. As he spoke, he showed them the wounds in his hands and in his side. And they were filled with joy when they saw the Lord. Can you imagine? They're probably like, right? They were filled with joy, it says. And again, he said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. As the Father has sent me, I want you to see this. He says, now I'm sending you. What is he doing? He's passing the ministerial torch. He says, I'm gone I'm alive, just as God sent me, now I'm sending you. But you know what's so good about God? He equips his people. He ain't just going to just send you to do something without the proper equipment. He's going to send you to do the thing that he wants you to do with the best, most outstanding resources known to man because they're created from heavenly places. Come on, somebody. He says, then he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. He breathed on them and then said, receive the Holy Spirit. I just thought of something funny. <laughs> oh, we could do. If you brush your teeth this morning, go ahead and look at your neighbor. And just breathe on a little bit. Just <sighs> receive it in Jesus' name. Say, receive it in Jesus' name. We can have fun. We're having fun, right? Hey, man, I know it's funny. Oh, Holy Spirit, I don't know if I'm supposed to do it or not. But uh, do you know when God says, when he breathes on you and he says, receive it, you better believe they received it. They received the Holy Spirit, the power from on high, the same spirit that lived in Jesus now lives and dwells inside of them. And if you read on Acts, all the things that they did and accomplished, and even through the rest of the, the, the New Testament, all the things that they did they could have not have done without the Holy Spirit living inside of them. It's the Holy Spirit that gives us the power to do the same works and even greater works. He says, you will receive power, Jesus said. That word power, you've heard Pastor Keith preach this, right? It's that word, the Greek word called dunamis. Say that with me, dunamis. It's where we get our English word dynamite. When you think of dynamite, what do you think of? Boom, Boom power, right? That's the same message that they were trying to preach, that Jesus was preaching. You will receive that type of power in your life. Anybody want that kind of power? To say, devil, not today. To say, you know what? I'm not going to let this kill, steal, and rob and enjoy the, the, the joy of my life. 
because I have power from the Holy Spirit in my life. The most amazing thing, it's so simple. His victory is my victory. It's that simple. It's so simple. It's, we get to live in victory because of what he's done. And I don't know about you, that makes me thankful. That makes me grateful. That makes me say, I love you, God. And yes, God, even when it gets tough, I'm going to stay on the straight and narrow path, right? Because you love me that much. Let's look at John 16, 7. It says, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. Jesus is talking to his disciples. He says, for if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. The disciples were heartbroken when they heard this. I can just imagine. Were they sad that Jesus was saying he was going to go away? You better believe it. They spent three and a half years going everywhere with them. Just think, they saw even more things that are even written in this book. John said at the end of the book of John that everything that's been written is, is, is true and great, but there's even more things that all the libraries in the world could not, could not contain the miracles that Jesus did. And so they were there, and so that when Jesus is preaching and teaching to this, they're heartbroken. You know, it breaks my heart when I, when I think about Jesus going to the cross, but he had to go because he says it's to your advantage. Somebody say advantage. That I go, I know it's hard, I know it looks tough, and that you're going to miss me, but it's going to be better for you because I'm going to send a helper. And not only is Jesus going to be confined to a, a human body, but now his spirit, it lives inside Mama Jackie just as it lives inside Ian Westbrook at the same time. She can do the same things and wherever she's at that I can do. Amen. It's the same spirit living inside of me and her and all of us all at the same time, just in Holly Pond. Imagine what that is in the global scale. All believers ministering, walking, living, loving, forgiving by the same spirit that moved Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit. It's to our advantage. It's better. And we needed that ultimate sacrifice for you and for me. Once Jesus paid that ransom for our sins, he could then release the spirit that I'm talking to you about. That spirit of God, he could release it into the earth forever. Well, let me re-say this. Let me recant that. Until he comes back. His spirit has free reign right now until he comes back. And hear me, he's coming back. So are you spiritually ready? Are you excited that he's coming back? Or are you nervous and scared that he's coming back? If you're nervous and scared that he's coming back, that's a good sign. That's a good indicator that you are not confident in your faith with Jesus. Let's look at that last point. Based on our three moments... Based on our three uh, moments and the three things that God did for us today on this third day that we're looking at, which is Easter Sunday, we have a decision to make. So do you know that you'll be raised to life with Christ? Have you accepted the offering of his blood for your sins? Have you been filled, somebody say filled, filled. with his resurrection power? 
And if you're sitting there thinking, Pastor Ian, how do you know that you know that you know that you know? I mean, I've said a prayer, you know, I, I, sometimes I feel it. Sometimes. When you are born again and saved by the resurrection power of Jesus Christ, you know it. Anybody saved in the house? Think back to that moment that you, that you got saved. That, that moment that is forever cemented, not just in your mind, but in your heart. I can think of my moment. It was at Teen Challenge. It was my first or second day. Maybe we were just in chapel doing worship. We would be in chapel for like three hours. Here I am DTing from alcohol and I'm stressed out. I got, I got uh, cases over me. I got probation over me. I don't got a job. I don't have a place to live. I got my license taken from me. I'm addicted to alcohol. I'm addicted to pornography. I'm addicted to all sorts of things. And we're in the middle of worship. I don't know any single word to these worship songs. I'm just standing there, you know, and I got my eyes closed, and I'm just like crying out to God, you know. I'm, and I don't, all I can remember is just hearing the, whatever they were singing, and they were just saying, Holy, Holy. And the Spirit of God wrecked my life. It wrecked my heart. And isn't it funny? You would think somebody who's engulfed in sin, the word holy would almost almost pushed me away because I was the least. I was nothing like being holy. I was the exact opposite. But that word holy was drawing me in because I could see, I heard the Holy Spirit say, Ian, what is taking you so long? I'm holy, I'm good. Trust me, I got you. Just trust me and I'll take you places. And I got saved, I got born again. Come on, somebody. And when you know it, you know it that you know it. You don't have to leave here not knowing if you and Jesus are good. And I will never forget that moment in my life. I still miss it. I still mess up. I still do things. But sometimes I just think of that moment. And it's like, God, you're so good, so faithful. That was over almost 11, 12 years ago now. Amen. It's been the best decision, heart decision I've ever made in my life. So when you know, you know, John 11, 25 to 26, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. We're all going to die one day. We all think we're going to escape death somehow. That ain't going to happen to me. Well, guess what? It's going to happen to you. And do you believe? Romans 10, 9. We have to start somewhere. Maybe your life's a mess like mine was. If you're watching online, you're like, my life's a mess. Hear this. You have to start somewhere. It has to start with your belief. You don't have to know how it's all going to work out. That's where we get caught. You just have to believe. And then when I start to believe, then my behaviors can change. When I believe, then my beliefs can become behaviors. And God begins to clean you out and, and dust you off and restore you. Romans 10.9 says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and what? Believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. It's that simple. It's so simple that it's almost mind-boggling how simple it is. Don't get stressed out thinking about how is this going to change? How is this going to benefit me? You just have to believe that it will get better. You just have to believe that you can have a better life through Jesus Christ. Amen. I want to do something. We get the lights dimmed down. I want you all to join me in prayer. If you are born again, if you already know the Lord, if you know Jesus as your personal Savior, I want you right now on this Easter Sunday to pray for the lost like you never have. 
Maybe somebody in your family that you know. Maybe you're going to see them today. We all know somebody that's lost. There might be somebody lost in the sanctuary right now. We're praying for you for this moment that I promised you that would come today. Maybe you're watching online. I want you to do the same thing. Maybe you're that person watching. You might be watching this 10 hours from right now. You may be watching this 10 days from right now. It doesn't matter. Right now, Holy Spirit, have your way in this place. If what I was preaching and teaching today hits you in the heart, and right now is that moment I promised you, if you know that you don't know where you're going to go one day, when your day's up, you will die and pass away from this place. If you don't know where that is, you don't know the, the Lord as your personal Savior. Right now, I want you to do something. It's something we do every single day. We don't even think about it. We just take it for granted. Today, it's going to be special. You're going to do something about what God's saying to you right now. If that's you. You want to change your life. And y'all hear me? It's going to be the best decision you ever make. I want you to do this for me. Right now, I want you just to stand up. All around the sanctuary right now, if, if God is speaking to you right now and you want to get born again, you want to get saved, you want to know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, right now I want you to stand up. If you're watching online, if you're, if you're watching alone, I want you to stand up in your living room, in your kitchen, wherever it is. If you're watching with your family at home, I want you to stand up. Stand up a few more seconds. If you say, why do I have to stand up? You have to stand up. Because if, the word says, if you deny me before men, I will deny you before my Father and its heavenly hosts. A few more moments if you want to make that decision today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Don't let this hold you back. No one's watching. No one's looking. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, I guess I don't know if anyone is standing up watching this online with us today. So I want to lead us in a prayer. I want you to repeat after me. Heavenly Father, Lord, we accept your Son, Jesus Christ, and his perfect life for the forgiveness of my sin. God, it's in him who I believe that my eternal life is promised. And now I boldly confess that he is Lord, that he is Savior, that he is Messiah. And I ask the Holy Spirit to lead my life from this day forward until you call me home, God. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Give Jesus a big old hand this morning. Hallelujah. Well, anybody glad you came to church today? Yeah, that was kind of weak. Anybody glad you came? Amen. We're glad you came too. Hope to see you again next week, okay? And as we promised, y'all don't leave quite yet. Before you're dismissed, Pastor Jessica, get a little drum roll. She's drawing a winner. So this is $100. Somebody say, woo! We're rolling deep in here. $100 to AMC. I don't even know if they're still releasing movies anymore or not. But you can get like the best food that they have, the big popcorn, the big drink for your whole family, and go see a movie. Uh, so $100, okay, for, for not just, we don't say lucky around here, for one blessed Amen. child of God this morning. Amen. So the winner is 985-626. Uh, is that Emery? <laughs> Woo! 
Woo! Miss Everett did such an awesome job leading worship this morning from us. She's from our A-Rep campus. So awesome. You better take your mom and dad with you. David's up there like, you better take me. <laughs> it's, you want it. <laughs> Amen. Give her a hand. One more hand. Amen. Good stuff. Well, hey, we love y'all very much. Okay, God bless you. Enjoy your Easter with your family today. Come back next week, and we are going to celebrate Holly Pond turning two. We're going to hang out after church next week till about three o'clock. We're going to have games. We're going to we're going to eat. And we're going to hang out. Okay. So we love you. God bless you. Y'all are dismissed.